Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into giving thanks for movies in today's episode. What's this? What's this? The simply sensational standing ovation of Royal Dalton Musical. What is this? What is this? If you've already listened to the Irishman review episode, uh, you kind of know what this is. But otherwise. This is making up an episode from last Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, where I was mostly going to talk about what I'm thankful for from a cinematic film, cinephile, etc. perspective. And if you've listened to the show long enough, and, and if you've paid attention, you probably realize that with the exception of uh, the statistics episodes, most of these, even including statistics episodes in many cases, all everything I do, all the, all the recording I do, it's none of it's scripted. It's all improvised. And, and even when I go into an episode with an idea of what I want to say or, or have thought about, you know, okay, when I'm talking on this, I'm going to touch about this, I'm going to, you know, mention these things. Uh, it never generally, you know, it never happens exactly as I plan it to. It just, you know, it takes a lot of time uh, to to record and not only that, but to watch enough movies that I have enough to talk about that I don't have anywhere near the amount of time I would it would take to, you know, script any of the episodes that I, I do. And so to that end, I guess what I what I what I'm hinting at is I don't have a list of things, you know, I'm not pulling this off a list of things I'm thankful for as far as movies are concerned. It's, you know, it's that time of year uh, where you kind of, you reflect on what brought you to where you are and, and how you, you know, how you're going to progress forward. And I think that that, you know, is, is worth, worth, looking into and talking about and thinking about. <clears throat> so, uh, I guess I'll start. This is uh, the 446th episode of the Circle of Film podcast. I don't generally announce the t- you know how many episodes I've done unless I hit a big milestone. And even then, I don't really do anything for the milestones, so it doesn't seem that important. Uh, I do keep track, just so I have a running total. Uh, you know, the Irishman episode 445, this is episode 446 based on, uh, when I'm recording them and not necessarily for the day that they're supposed to be, have been released. And I mean, I guess the first thing is I, I, am thankful that I've had, uh, the, the energy and the, the drive to have made 446 of these. It's, it seems overwhelming. It doesn't feel like I've been doing this as long as long as it would take to get that far. It, you know, it, it sometimes, you know, recording these episodes and, and talking so much about movies, you know, there's always, anytime I'm doing something that's not watching a movie, there's always this little voice in the back of my head asking me why that's not what I'm doing. 
and you know there are many things I do where you know like if I'm eating obviously I have to eat but even when I'm eating or cooking you know if I can I'll have a movie on you know if I'm watching football a lot of the times I'll have a movie on you know my laptop or on my phone or something um and you know so obviously there are going to be instances where I can't have a movie and and I I have learned to accept that uh as as a fact of life but man it, it's it's a it's a it's a wonderful thing when something you're obsessed over or something you're passionate about or, or a hobby that you have can can persist for so long uh maybe persist isn't a positive enough word but can can flourish uh, uh for so long and you know i started doing this geez was it back in uh, 2016 i think and i really wasn't i didn't have any idea you know what what i was going to do uh, how how the episode how the show the podcast was going to to unfold and and what it was going to look like or, or become and it's just so nice to have this to do this you know i i talk about movies you know i'm i'm constantly working on my spreadsheet i'm constantly logging things on letterboxd where i'm generally reviewing you know 9 out of 10 of the films that i see uh i'm i'm talking movies from a box office perspective almost every day almost every hour uh via fantasy movie league and then you know there are and, and even with them i'm talking about movies constantly from an awards perspective from a you know from a did i like it or not perspective etc cetera, etc cetera. and so i can't escape it and it's it's so nice to have to be in that situation to be in that position with something that i don't want to escape you know so many people uh, i'm sure get kind of stuck in lives and careers where uh, they they you know they're surrounded by something that they're not passionate about they're not uh, always in love with and you know it, it's i i'm very fortunate i'm very thankful to to be in a situation like that where i am and uh you know we'll continue to strive toward staying in a situation like that uh as long as i can and as long as i am able to um so you know kind of to uh piggyback on that i'm thankful for fantasy movie league i I don't talk about it as much as as it's relevant uh on this show anymore but it's been a huge thing uh you know i really wish i would known about it from the start i I, you know i'd probably be better at it by now but i would also i don't know i'd feel as much as i feel part of that community of people who play and as much as i feel um recognized and, and understood and you know as as much as I feel those things, I don't know, there's always that feeling in the back of your head, I think, when you show up to something, quote-unquote, late. I don't know if this constitutes showing up late, but it kind of does feel that way sometimes. And 
I know absolutely if I, you know, hadn't found out about it until now and like I was joining now and just starting to play now, it seemed it would be overwhelming. There's, you know, when I started three years ago, it wasn't something I, you know, I didn't have a plan. It was just, I never really thought of movies from a box office perspective at that point. I didn't think about you know, I think in the back of my mind, I knew like, oh, this movie made you know, so much money. Uh, this you know, Titanic made the most money ever or Avatar made the most money ever. You know, I had those facts at my disposal. You know, I'd, I'm sure on Letterboxd, I looked through, you know, the box office mojo top 250 movies or the highest grossing movies of all time and et cetera, et cetera. But from a week to week perspective, from a day to day perspective, you know, I wasn't familiar with, you know, movies you know, generally make this much money on their first Saturday relative to their first Friday. And and now I do think in those terms, I do understand that language of talking. And I think joining the game now is so overwhelming and it's so daunting. And this is without, you know, some of the tools and, and things that we've had access to in the past, you know, it just there's such a why the gap between the people who've been playing for years now and who understand uh you know multipliers and dailies and and other terms that you know other and the people who don't understand those terms is it just keep i think it just keeps getting wider and wider and wider and you know and and so as fun as it is and i think it is fun and i think if you like numbers and you like statistics and things like that it's an absolute i mean it's easy you're you're bound to get lost in it uh it is it is uh it's a steep hill to climb uh to to stick stick it for for the long haul um so i think best thing you can do is join with other people who are at the exact same skill level as you and uh kind of work at it together but being part of the community and, and being, you know, n- involved and in touch with all these people, like this is, this is, you know, I don't, ever since I, I left Target, I don't really interact with a lot of people in person. And, and all, you know, most, the majority of my interactions come through Fantasy Movie League and, and the Discord community that's kind of grown out of that. And <clears throat> that is... I don't know. I, I'm sure a lot of people don't find that very exciting, and and you know, I, I do. I, I think, as someone who's spent so much of their life online and and engaging in online communities, and you know, from a you know from middle school on, you know, it was instant messenger, it was Facebook, it was Skype, it was you know now it's Discord. You know, that's that's just you know, that's always been my ideal method of communication with most people. And it's great because, you know, all these people I know, I've met a couple of them in person. Um, and they're great people. They're, they're such, such amazing people. And yet, you know, 90, I wouldn't have met any of them if I hadn't, met them this way you know if I hadn't you know learned who they were and and gotten to know them in various capacities 
online. And yeah, there might be just as many great people, you know, living in the apartment building or the complex that, you know, I live in now, but I don't know. It's just, there's a difference. There's, you know, I, there's, there's something great and something nice about connecting and bonding over various topics and ideas, movies and games and books and, and TV shows and, and, you know, various other, you know, personal attributes that, you know, this is far more than just we play movie games and, and deal with movie numbers. Uh, you know, the, the community that has sprung up is, is just so much more than that. It has grown so much wider and deeper and, and flourished and, and become much more beautiful and a, just a great big tapestry of, of people from all over the world. Uh, you know, I, well, maybe not all over the world. I mean, it's pretty much the U.S., a little bit of Canada, a couple of people from Europe. And so, you know, there's some gaps. There's some gaps, but just it's, you know, there. I mean, there's no other people that I know that play this in like, I don't know, 20-mile radius, 10-mile radius. And like that's the, you know, when you're in high and you're when you're in like grade school, those are that is the circle of, of people, you know is the people who live close enough to be able to attend the same school as you. And now it's, you know, it's just whoever. And I, I think that's, I don't know, I think that's a really, really wonderful thing. And I'm really, really thankful that I'm part of it because it's, it's been a huge, you know, like everything, there, there are good times and bad times, but it's been a huge, huge boon to me and my, my, social life um and i guess none of that's possible podcast fml fml community none of that's possible without movies right it all kind of stems from movies and you go back 120 130 years to when they first people were making the very first movies and it's just these six second clips of a guy riding a horse and man, you know, to, to think that we can now watch a movie where a guy rides a horse and it's two hours long instead of six seconds long and the horse is three-dimensional and the guy's able to talk and you can see the, the, the breath coming out of the horse's nostrils in the cold air. You can count every blade of fur you know, on its, on its, on its side. And, you know, when it whips its tail, you can see, you know, the dirt, uh, flying off of it. You can see the, the sweat dripping off the guy's face on the, you know, you can, all that, you know, to see the progression and how much is, you know, it's in color now it's got music, there's voice, um, the progression of film, uh, you know, man, I, if, if I wouldn't be dead, Right now, I would have loved to have lived through, you know, the early 1900s to have watched that happen. And it's it's great that this is a medium of art where you can go back and watch those things. You can relive those moments. 
You know, it's not quite the same. You don't get quite the same feeling. You don't feel quite the same way as the people who did then. You know, there's never going to be an audience. Uh, at least I, I don't think there will be an audience that, you know, really can, is really actually worried that a train is going to come out of the screen and hit them when they see it at a theater. And yet people used to feel that. And that's, that's remarkable. And of course, now we understand, you know, oh, this is just, and this is just the way it is. This is just what somebody's created. This is a depiction of a world where, you know, uh, you know, where giant metal robot things can transform into cars, where a person can create a suit of iron that allows them to fly and become a superhero, where a guy can dress as a bat and solve crime, where... You know, we can see the inner workings of a kid's mind and their individual, you know, emotions and the way that they uh, display and and grow and mature. You know, from from a live action standpoint to a musical standpoint to an animation standpoint. Uh, you know, every facet of film has evolved time and time and time and time and time again, and now. You know, it doesn't feel like, you know, it never, it, and I'm, and this might be true of, of most people that have lived and, and been fans of cinema. It never feels like right now there's that much more that can be improved upon. And yet, you know, we're still seeing so many revolutionary technologies, uh, techniques, and... Um, changes happening in the industry uh, from from a box office perspective you know Avengers Endgame comes out and just obliterates every opening weekend record that's ever been that's ever happened you know earlier this year we have from a from a technical standpoint you know I talked about the Irishman and the de-aging process and you know we can now you know, if you look at some of the, uh, if you look at Rogue One and the, what they did with uh, Tarkin in that film, you know, Tar- uh, um, Peter Cushing uh, is dead, and they brought him back to life for that movie. And yeah, they're not perfect; these effects aren't perfect just yet, but we are getting close to it. And you know, that that's a pretty daunting prospect. If you know, are we going to get to a you know, 2050, a new movie coming out that stars, you know, Catherine and Audrey Hepburn as sisters. You know, what, what, where does that, where is the line with this kind of technology? You know, if you look at Avatar and the sort of everything that's come after that, the planet, the newer Planet of the Apes movies, and just how brilliant Weta's visual effects were, uh, bringing to life Caesar and and Rocket and all those other apes in those movies it's it's so so real it's it's so real and i can remember you know back in in like i don't know 15 years ago you know the video games like nba you know the nba and basketball the sports video games that i would play back when i was in middle school uh you know i would look at the visual effects on those now and they're they're awful they're garbage they're you know, there's no way anyone could possibly mistake the, those video games for real people. And yet, 
when I was playing them back then, I remember my grandma like would look at me like, oh my goodness, it looks so real. And, you know, it's, it's just this sort of stage of progression where every single step you take is a little bit closer to the real thing. You know, we get, you know, Ang Lee is out here trying to make, you know, higher frame rates in these movies that, that look so photorealistic and they're not good movies. Uh, you know, Gemini Man is, is pretty bad, but what he's trying to do and the boundaries he's trying to push are worth pushing and worth trying to overcome because maybe that is the future. You know, maybe that is what's going to happen and where movies are going to be taken. You know, whatever, whenever the next Avatar movie comes out, I'm sure there's going to be some technically daring aspect to it. And it is so nice to even, it's so great to be in a situation where like, man, I don't know, you know, you watch something like Mad Max Fury Road and you're like, man, how, how could you ever top that from an action standpoint, from a visually stunning stand? How could you ever exceed what's your, what you just saw? How could anyone ever, what do you, why would anyone even try? And I know within the next five years or so, uh, something will. Absolutely something will. You know, the way they brought Thanos to life in the Avenger, in, in all Infinity War and Endgame, uh, and, and, you know, what what's ultimately going to come to pass in, you know, just, just every other motion capture role that Andy Serkis plays. All these things are just, you know, the, the, the capacity for a moviegoer's jaw to hit the floor is just going to be... It's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger because we're going to hit, you know, it's this thing where I think when you're, when you're improving and, and a, something is evolving, and, and in this case, that thing being technology, when it, you know, it's been evolving for a while and, you know, you look at it in chunks and it, you know, I think it's evolved more in the last 10 years than it had in the like 30 years prior from a you know filmmaking standpoint and so it's going to continue to escalate faster and faster and faster and faster and faster and to the point where you know it may be the case where you know three years apart movies you know uh, movies from the same franchise won't even you know you can barely tell that they were because of how much things will have changed in that time and I don't know if I'll live to see that quite, you know, quite long enough to see that happen. But I'm, I'm very excited about everything to come. You know, I'm just, I'm looking at the movies that are coming out this month, next year, two years, three years, four years, five years down the line. And, you know, it's a never ending amount of excitement, just hoping and waiting for these things to come out. And I love how easy it is for me who has seen over 8,000 movies to get so excited about things that may even be just remakes of stuff I've saw, I've seen in the past. I've seen, you know, four or five versions of little women and I cannot wait for Greta Gerwig's version. I've seen, you know, 20 some uh, Marvel movies and I'm really looking forward to the next one. I've seen, you know, uh, you know, and the list is endless, right? The list is endless. 
So I'm, I'm really, really thankful for how much film has progressed and how much it is further going to progress. And even, and, and so within that, I think this is, might be where I, I lose a couple of people because I'm of the opinion that even a film, you know, I watch all these movies and if you want, if you follow me on Letterboxd and if you, you know, peruse some of my reviews and my ratings, there's a lot of trash. There's a lot of movies I give half a star, one star, one and a half stars to, uh, four, uh, two stars and lower being anything I think is quote unquote bad. And yet, you know, in the last couple of years, uh, specifically probably the last like, five or six years, the ratio of of good to bad films has swung heavily in favor of the bad film side uh, to the point where um, <clears throat> uh, not super not not that long ago uh, the number of films rated below 50 exceeded the number of films rated 60 or more uh, right now that ratio is 3,585 films rated below a 50 to 3,431 films rated above us uh, rated 60 or more and then you know a couple hundred films uh rated in the 50s or probably like a thousand yeah it'd be a little over a thousand films rated in the 50s so you know i've seen my fair share of 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 garbage and yet you know when i go and see something like um I, I don't know what's a good example of a recent garbage film. Um, Countdown. Uh, Playing with Fire. That's probably a good one. Playing with Fire was really, really bad. Um, or Midway was bad. And uh, I didn't like The Good Liar. Uh, Terminator Dark Fate. All these movies that... I think the average person will go into knowing they're bad, uh, but we'll watch them because they were in a franchise that they, you know, like, like Terminator, or because they feature an actor that, uh, you know, for some reason they can't quite put their finger on it. Uh, they enjoy the movies that that person is in, like maybe a John Cena, maybe, mm, question mark. Uh, but, you know, obviously I, I go see a lot of these movies for the purposes of my spreadsheet. You know, that's everything that can affect my spreadsheet is worth seeing and every movie affects my spreadsheet so every movie is worth seeing but even more than that uh you know i just i'm thankful that all of these movies are being made you know we get a thousand new movies every year and a lot of them are ignored and forgotten by you know a couple of weeks after they come out a lot of them are panned critically and no one goes to see them uh you know a lot of them get maybe a you know a skip over on netflix or a swipe through on on an app or something and and never never noticed again never seen again and i get it you know i get why no one's ever going to talk about jexy ever because why would you it's awful it features nothing redeemable and it's about you know four or five years too late for the premise the, the film and yet 
I think it, it for me, I gave it an eight out of a hundred. But I'm still so glad. I'm glad it exists because there's so many parts to a movie that you just you can't possibly you know understand. You can't possibly recognize all of them. It's so much more than the person that directed it. It's so much more than the people in it. Uh, you know the the number of extras involved in movies alone is probably uh, you know just overwhelming and then you factor in everyone that works on the costumes and the production and the the editing and the sound the score the 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 visual effects the animation uh the the you know and, and probably you know the crafts people you know the the hundreds of other positions that don't even get nominated at the oscars that aren't recognized casting process key grip best boy gaffers uh, the guy that holds the the boom mics all these things uh are are key pivotal to every single movie you know and and a lot of them are kind of glossed over but i get the point point being point being made is that you don't you never know when a movie's made whether or not you know what parts of it are going to convince somebody that there's something worth taking away from it you know if every person who had a who whose first movie was bad you know never worked in film again you know how many how many people would even be left how many people could possibly be left you know no one makes a masterpiece their first time out it just it just does not happen you know it's it's not realistic and the number of people that are involved in even just a good movie their first time out from any part of the process is you know minuscule minuscule you know the reason something like the irishman is so people are so excited for it it had so much hype behind it is because you have martin scorsese and robert de niro and joe pesci and al pacino who have been in this industry for like 50 years uh, might be an exaggeration but 50 years they're they're masters of their crafts you know scorsese doesn't have you know this isn't unlike say wes anderson who always seems to be introducing a new person to his cast every movie uh you know scorsese doesn't do that this isn't you know we're not seeing the very first movie from you know 84 year old robert de niro in the irishman it doesn't work like that and it's it's the recognition it's 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 you know the the experience that's what makes movies so sought after that's what makes such some movies you know so desired and yet you you kind of end up forgetting about and ignoring you know i don't know any of the people that worked on jexy but there's a non-zero chance that there's somebody whose first movie and whose first job was working on that movie and that that person could in theory one day go on to make and be part of you know a best picture winner or you know even you know shy of that just a marvel movie right or or a disney movie or uh you know something for a24 or i don't know like the next spielberg 
movie. You know, there's so many permutations and so many possibilities that, you know, when you're, when you're in that position, you kind of have to take what you can get. We can't all write Goodwill Hunting, you know, as our first screenplay. And, uh, you know, to, to say that these movies have no value, to say that these movies are worth forgetting, again, I get it. It, it doesn't make sense. You know, no one's going to keep revisiting Jexy for years to come. But they're also, you know, if somebody from that movie becomes an Oscar nominee, becomes, you know, a household name, uh, you know, that's going to, you know, the, somebody, you know, people down the line are going to look and be like, man, what other films has this person written the screenplay for, you know, done the costumes for, whatever the situation may be, and you'll see it there. And it'll be just a, you know, just this weird thing, this this weird factoid about, you know, such and such as filmography, their history. And so I, I guess... Uh, even to that point, like, I'm not looking for those things. My spreadsheet is not nearly comprehensive enough to say, all right, this is, you know, so-and-so's first movie is Jexy, and I'm going to keep paying attention to them. But it is something that, like, you know, maybe two or three years from now, an actor or a director or writer or something will have a really good movie and I'll, I'll pull up their page on Letterboxd and I'm like, oh, you've seen four to five movies with this person. Like, oh, maybe it's time to add them to my spreadsheet. And I'll do. And one of those old movies may be Jexy. And it'll kind of come back to me. And, you know, maybe they're just somewhere in the background. Maybe they have no speaking parts. Maybe you don't even see them in the, you know, if you're not, you know, playing Where's Waldo in a, a cityscape. But, uh, you know, these these things matter. You know, these are, as much as we like to sit here and think like, oh man, all these shitty movies, no one should make them, no one should go see them. Uh, you know, these are, you know, thousands of careers are involved in all these films. And it's easy to look at them and say, you know, well, I don't want the people who, anyone who, t anyone who was even remotely associated with a Jexy or with The Kitchen or the new Hellboy they should not be anywhere near a film camera ever again. And I don't know. I just think that's being a little, little, little much, a little, little overwhelming, a little drastic, a little, you know, foolish, a little foolish. You know, I, I can, you know, I think it'd be really easy to look at you know, anybody's favorite filmmaker, actor, film, or anything, and I bet it would be super easy to pinpoint something in that person's history that would be, you know, you know, relatively speaking, would be worth quitting over. You know, I think you know, no, no one avoids those moments. No one avoids the quote unquote paycheck movie. No one avoids, uh, you know, the absolute misfires. And it's, it's silly to think otherwise. And so I'm thankful that we get all these crappy movies for 
you know, my spreadsheet's sake, for, for the industry's sake, you, you need them. You just need them. And I think more than that, it becomes very apparent how great the great films are when you have not great films to compare them to. You know, if all you do are watch, you know, the 100% certified fresh, 90% Metacritic score, you know, top 250 IMDb, top 100 letterboxed, et cetera, et cetera. If, all, if, the, if you just watch like 100 of those in a row, yeah, I, I'm sure that's a good time. And I'm sure you get a lot of great quality film watching out of that experience. But I think for me and having done similar to that and having experienced that sort of thing, it's very easy to slip into this expectation of well all all movies are this good and i think once you kind of if you can you remove yourself from that like i only want to watch good movies mentality i only want to watch you know i'm not saying you know you should spend half of your time watching made for tv sci-fi films but there's something valuable in breaking up that sequence and breaking up that uh, tendency to want to find the best things because there's there's a lot of great movies and I haven't seen all of them and I want to see them but I also you know it's kind of like you know, if you want to try all the best ice creams, you need something to cleanse your palate between each one, or you're not going to fully experience the next one the way you should. And, you know, movies like Jexy, for better or worse, they, they cleanse the palate. <laughs> they do that. And I think that's a good thing to have. Uh, so maybe we don't need so many of them. I could get behind that take. But I, I do think having any of them and having some of them is is a necessary, if, if you have to call it an evil, a necessary evil uh, in the film industry. And I'm I'm thankful that we have those movies. I'm thankful that those careers are, you know, some careers are being formed and, and prolonged. Uh, you know, maybe some of them probably do deserve to, to kind of take their feet off the gas, but you never know who, where the next Spielberg and Scorsese, Greta Gerwig, you never know where the next one of those is coming from. And um, the odds of it coming from a Jexy are just as, just as high as they are from, from the Irishman or, you know, from an Avengers movie, as far as I'm concerned. So all movies, all movies have merit. All movies have worth. I'm thankful for all of them from the six-second guy riding a horse movie from the 1880s to, you know, the avatars of the world and everything in between. You know, people work really hard on, on this stuff, and it takes a long time to go from the idea of a movie to the final product of it. You know, decades in some cases, you know, I haven't seen it, but Motherless Brooklyn, uh, which I was supposed to not be that great, but could be okay. 
you know, it took Edward Norton you know, 20 some years to make that movie, maybe longer. And maybe it's not, you know, the Citizen Kane of his career, but, you know, it is something that he was so passionate about, so driven toward creating something that he, you know, as, as however many times someone told him no, or someone told him stop, or someone said, I can't fund you the money. I can't, I can't play a part in this movie. I can't, you know, this, that, the other, you know, he persisted. He, he did it. And maybe it's not going to make him a lot of money. Maybe it's not going to give him awards or accolades, but I'm sure he is. I mean, he's got to be damn proud that he finished it and made it, that it, get people saw it, that, that anybody liked it, you know, uh, you know, that's kind of, you know, I feel, you know, that's kind of how I feel with this podcast. Like I, I'm not expecting it to, you know, make me famous or, or rich or something. But the fact that I know people are listening to it, that anybody is listening to it is, is the reward in and of itself. And, you know, I, I'm, you know, there's somebody out there that, that really liked Jexy. There's somebody out there that really liked the new Hellboy or, or, you know, and, and that's enough probably, hopefully for the people that made those movies. And it's, it's, I think a little ignorant to, to assume that, you know, a 10% on Rotten Tomatoes is awful, but that means one out of 10 people liked the movie. And, you know, the zeros are very few and far between, I guess, is the point. Movies are subjective. It's kind of it's the business they're in. It's the business we're in, you know? Um, there's a reason there's such a disparity between <clears throat> my own ratings and the ratings on from Rotten Tomatoes uh, for most movies. You know, the times where the numbers are identical, uh, you know, less than 1%. You know, we all think of it differently. We all approach movies differently. Some of us don't even, you know, some of us don't even watch everything. Some of us will only, some people will only watch action movies or only watch rom-coms or only watch animated films. And that's great. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, but you know, it, it just so, it just shows that there's, so much going on in 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 being uh, a cinephile and in, in, in caring about movies that are being made and you have to treat them and and the people who work on them with respect Or at least, or at least, at least try to, you know, you know, it's, if you don't have, it's, 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 a, it's a tricky line to walk to, to want to be someone who you, you know, critiques movies and writes reviews for movies as so many of us do on Letterboxd and to, you know, you can't talk about a movie that's bad without saying, you know, bad things about it. You know, you can say those things in a nice way, but at the end of the day, you're still saying, I didn't like this movie, or this movie is very poorly made, or, you know, such and such. And it's a very, very fine line to walk to avoid 
coming off like a like a jerk when you're talking about something and you know we can't all walk it uh, in fact I, I think very very few people can walk it i you know i'm sure i don't walk that line very well a lot of the time either uh, in fact i know i don't uh, having you know written so many reviews but nevertheless i am very thankful for all the movies that i've seen no matter how much of a time how much of a waste of time i may or may not believe them to be uh they each one impacts the spreadsheet each one impacts me each one influences the f- movies that i will see in the future uh in in some small way shape or form and uh that's meaningful and that matters um so I don't know if there's uh I guess the last thing <clears throat> the last thing that I'll say that I'll talk about that I'm thankful for from a film perspective from a movie perspective is a little different but it's I I'm I'm thankful that that movies are important I'm thankful that they're that people can attach themselves to them to such a degree that someone not liking a movie can make you upset at a person or that someone liking a movie bonds you to somebody you know and I think there are other pieces of media and other pieces of art and such that that have the same effect uh you know books for sure tv shows you know it's so easy it's like this un- unspoken conversation when somebody tells you, oh man, I love X. And, and if X is your favorite movie of all time, you know, you know, there's very little more powerful than that in, in meeting somebody new. Uh, and similarly, if they love X and X is your least favorite movie of all time, or maybe just a movie that you've seen recently that you hated, there's not a lot that can overcome that. Uh, it, it's it's a really interesting dichotomy between how we react to someone else's opinion. You know, you know, it's 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 so much different. It's so different than saying my favorite color is orange, and somebody else might not like orange, but I'm not I'm not married to orange. I you know, it's not. My my I, like it's not like everything I wear is orange and everything I I exist in is orange and everything I eat is orange. You know, orange doesn't surround me. I'm not consumed by it, and I'm not even consumed by my favorite movie. But there's such a different level of attachment because orange is just orange. It's just a color. It just you can see it anywhere. It can exist at any time, and it cannot exist at any time. Whereas this one movie. You know, whatever your favorite movie is, for me, The Nightmare Before Christmas, it, it it doesn't change. I go back to it. I watch it occasionally. I watch it frequently. I, I, I know it so well. I can I can run through the scenes in my head. I can sing all the songs. I know so many of the lines of dialogue. I know the actors and the people that worked on it. I know stories and trivia and factoids about it from, you know, years and years ago. I know this, that, and the other, and, and Tim Burton, and, and, you know, so on and so forth. You know, it, it's, I don't know any of that stuff regarding Orange. I don't know who created Orange. I don't know, 
know, I know yellow and red combined to make it. And I know it's, you know, a, a secondary color, but th- that's, that's about it. You know, I don't know the history of orange. It's not something I'm passionate about. But, but man, your favorite movie, most people's favorite movies, you're so passionate about them. And when somebody else reveals to you what movie they're most passionate about, if it's the same one as you, you know, that's such a, like that make, that, that's, that's a big deal. Even if it's close, you know, you know, if you've seen a lot of movies, there are probably a lot of movies that you're pretty passionate about. And if somebody's passionate about one of them, you can connect to that person. I love that. Or if you're pa- or if you're negatively passionate about something and you find somebody else that's negatively passionate about some about the same movie, you know, man, it's is this this sense of camaraderie, this sense of 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 you know, being part of the same team that it's invigorating, you know, it's it's it, it makes you, I don't know, it's a spark of life, kind of. And, you know, given how many movies there are and, and, you know, just some, you know, your favorite movie might be something you saw over and over and over again as a kid. It might be something you came to later in life, something that, you know, maybe it just connects to you and the subject matter is so personal to you that that's why you're, you know, so in touch with it. Uh, you know, movies can be so personal that way that, it's not as easy as you might think to find somebody else whose favorite movie is your favorite movie. And, you know, I can, you know, say from having seen as many movies as I have, you know, you look on letterboxd and, and you can see, you know, people list their favorite movies and they're not always all time favorites. They might be recent favorites or something, but you know, it's, it's, it's an easy way to to say so much uh, by saying so little. And I think those moments and those shorthand ways of speaking that uh, seem to be fewer and further between and nowadays are, are really important. Um, and I think movies ended up kind of have become you know you look at how much money endgame made it, it, hundreds and millions of dollars frozen 2 is making hundreds of millions of dollars star wars rise of skywalker is going to make hundreds of millions of dollars you know these are things that people are shelling out money buckets of it to go see to spend hours and hours and hours and hours at the movie theater watching over and over again you know uh you know you it, even before things like MoviePass and AMC A-List and Regal Unlimited, people were going to see movies time and time and time again at the theater. Then they would buy them and watch the VHS tapes over and over, the DVDs over and over and over again, uh, just to, to, to spend more time in these worlds, to, to spend, to, in, to, to absorb these characters and these moments and these these lines of dialogue and these visuals and these these everything as much as possible you know it's it's 
it shouldn't be a surprise that there are people who can speak fluent Elvish from Lord of the Rings or or fluent, uh, you know, like Klingon from Star Trek. Because, you know, it, how much how, you know, how different is that than people who are memorizing entire screenplays and can act out every single scene from stuff like Die Hard or, you know, you know, people who are in the theater watching a movie that has been out for like three weeks mouthing the words to every single thing because they've already seen it like 12 times you know like these are you know it's the level of fandom for movies and not just marvel or star wars but just movies has grown and grown and grown and i like that i'm i'm pleased by that i love that i think it's a great thing you know not everyone finds something that matters. People will go, you know, people 40, 50, 60 years and, you know, circumstances will dictate that they end up doing this thing at this time and in this way. And they may never... <clears throat> or, or may go that long without ever finding the thing that really matters to them. And that's a shame. And so anytime a movie comes out, a big movie that develops a huge following that people become obsessed over, you know, where you hear Let It Go on the radio 20 times every day for the next seven months... I know a lot of people find probably find that really annoying and and their kids get so obsessed with Elsa and they cannot think of anything else and you watch the Frozen 2 trailer dozens and dozens and dozens of times but man like isn't that amazing you know what what you know how many people over the age of like 15 20 whatever feel that way about anything anymore None, like none you know like short of people who are that obsessed with star wars or marvel or you know it does not happen that often it doesn't happen uh, you know hardly at all and i think <coughs> you know as as temporarily frustrating as it may be to have to suffer through you know idina menzel seeing her power ballad again and again and again. You know, it, it's it's reactions, and I think, you know, placing that level of importance on anything, it's scary. It's 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 daunting. It's it's, you know, you're opening yourself up to to a lot of things by doing that. But it is it, it can be such a powerful feeling. It can be such a powerful result that you, you don't know what what's going to come from that. You know, you're, you're really, you're opening yourself up as wide as you can. Um, you know, it's just like, you know, it's, it's like falling in love and you're, you're putting your entire essence in somebody else's hands and hoping that they treat it with as much care as you're treating 
their essence. And, you know, that's, that's tricky business when it's another person. Um, and it's, it's not quite as, as risky, I would guess, with a movie. Uh, you know, the, the worst that can happen is that, you know, they make a, a really awful, 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 awful sequel, you know? And, and that's, you know, that doesn't happen that often. Um, probably a lot less often than, uh, than, you know, Broken Hearts, I would guess. But the level, the level of importance that people are able to place on a movie is I I am so in awe of that capacity and I think it's you know it 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 leads to you know some of the best things in in life you know you get somebody who grew up who <clears throat> just thought that Pulp Fiction was was the best movie ever, who, you know, quoted it every day, who, you know, dressed up as Mr. Pink or Mr. White for Halloween every year, whose friends would form, you know, the posse from the film. And then, you know, they got to college and they decided to make movies. They wanted to emulate Tarantino his, his dialogue, his style of filmmaking, and they're, they're still watching Tarantino's films as they're, as they're growing up. And then they go, you know, they become a film major. They go off and start making their own, you know, college films. You know, how many people, you know, are, are, are inspired to make films because of a film that they are attached to from a young age? You know, or how many people are inspired based on their connection to, you know, the, the independence of somebody like an Elsa who, who go on to lead their own personal, individual, powerful, uh, revolutionary, you know, life because of it. You know, we don't know yet. Those people aren't that old enough, aren't old enough. But uh, just the, the, the potential, I think, is, is so high. And it's, it's really because of movies and, and other pieces of, and forms of media that open themselves up and allow themselves for people to, to really consume them and, and be consumed by them. And I think that that can change, can change the whole world that way. And so I, I'm, I'm thankful for the level of importance that, that people can place on movies and that movies can have in people's hearts and, and minds. Uh, because they it, it it makes it makes a big difference i think in the world and in everyone around and i like that i like it a lot So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot of things I'm thankful for as it pertains to film, and 
I'm sure that if I really wanted to make a list, I could come up with a lot more than what I've already talked about. But that's um, that's going to be it for this episode. I hope, you know, if there's something in film you're thankful for, that you'll embrace those things in film. That... Um, maybe you'll be encouraged to go rewatch something that you love and kind of visit that nostalgia again. Or, you know, I don't know, something. So that's going to be it for today's extra makeup episode. Um, if you'd like to find more episodes, you can head over to iTunes or Stitcher, places where podcasts can be found. You can head over to the website, circleoffilm.com, and find all the episodes I've done and more, all 446 of them. You can find me on Twitter at Circle of Film, Letterboxd, Circle of Film, or email circleoffilm at gmail.com if there is anything you want to share that you're thankful for from a film perspective. You can support the show like it, rate it, review it, subscribe to it, tell somebody about it, or just listen. And if you are so inclined, you you can become a patron at patreon.com slash circle of film for as little as eight cents an episode. Uh, you'll have access to all the episodes that come out early. Uh, and there's other stuff as well. Thank you for listening. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same I know she'll never leave me Even as she fades from view So long, farewell, I'll be to say adieu Nothing's really left or lost without a trace Nothing's gone forever, only out of place So long, farewell, oh what I'll be to say Wait a minute. Wait a minute.